Welcome to Here We Go, with me, Dan Gregory. Now this week's guest is a hairstylist who's been in the industry for 16 years. He's won several awards, including Scottish Barber of the Year, and is the owner of the amazing Creative Space 19 in Glasgow. He is a true professional who has built his career from the ground up. So please welcome Grant Carr to the show. So, Grant, welcome to the Here We Go podcast, mate. Hi, mate. Cheers. How are you? I'm all right. I'm not bad, mate. Not bad. I'm back in work, so I can't complain. Of course. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, same, mate. Same. How's, how's it all been? Yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been good. Um, you know, being back, uh, it's been wild, actually. You know, you know how it is. Just back to back clients and try to fit, fit everyone in. You know, no, it's been brilliant. Hundred percent. When I spoke to you on Instagram and uh, I'd mentioned about you uh, being a guest. I remember you said something like you've worked about. Was it how many days straight did you work? Was it like ten or something like that? <laughs> I think I basically, basically done the full the full of April really. Uh, so yeah, but I mean, um, I can I can ease off now a wee bit. Do you know what I mean? You just you just want to fit everyone in as much yeah. as you can. Hundred percent, man. Do you know what's funny? Right, some people sort of like you get a couple of like I don't know if you see a few posts and stories on Instagram stuff, but like. People sort of think you're doing it for the money, but the genuine reason is you're doing it to get people in, aren't you? You're not doing it for nah, the money. I the money comes with it, right? But you're not doing of course. it for the money. Of course, isn't it? It's like when, when I had put my, my opening hours up, um, a few people had commented and said, are you, are you opening Easter Monday? And I was like, are you serious? I've been shot yeah. for like a year. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know definitely I mean? open. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> Wow. So uh, I just want to say thank you for coming on, mate. It's, um, I've I've been watching your work for a long time, man, and it's uh, I'm always mega impressed with uh, what you're working. Obviously, you know now you've you got your own place and stuff like that. So I want to kind of touch on that as well. Yeah. Um, sure. But basically, I you know I'm I'm sure anyone listening knows the reasons behind the podcast. But um, I just thought it would be quite nice. You know, during COVID, I got a lot of people asking me how did I start, um, how did I get into the industry and whatnot, and you know, the only answer I can give them is my own. And I always just think there's so many talented people out there that I think hearing yours and other guests who've been on is, you know, it could hopefully inspire people to either come into the industry or keep going on, on their journey, of their own journey. And and also maybe just kind of, you know, if they're in a bit of a, a sort of rough patch, could hopefully try and bring them up into a good patch as well. So, yeah, I think just a bit of inspiration would be good for people, um, especially in this this current ta- uh, climate, because I don't think this is over by any stretch of the imagination. So um, how did you get on your journey in the hair industry, mate? What was it that prompted you to become a hairdresser, barber, etc.? cetera? Um, well, I had kind of like, when I left school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Studied a couple of things here and there, Um and it just wasn't for me. And I, I got my hair cut off a guy, Chris Cameron, um, from the town that I grew up in. And he was just a cool guy, you know. He was yeah. a great barber, uh, had his own salon, uh, you know. And it was just kind of thought, you know, I, I'd like to do what he'd done. And we kind of we kind of arranged something. And I started college and, and kind of took it from there, you know. Wow. Isn't it crazy? Because I, I had this conversation... I can't remember who it was with now. Um, and we were just talking about career paths in school. And it, a lot, it, the common sort of theme with it so far through this podcast is everybody has fallen into our industry. Yeah, absolutely. No, nobody's been given this as like a career choice from school, you know, from, from you get like these career advisors in school. I know I did when I was in school anyway. Yeah, same. And I, I've mentioned that, you know, my career advisor told me that I was going to be either, I think I was going to be a fisherman. And I thought, geez, where'd you get that from, like? <laughs> um, but do you know? Do you think it's quite sad because, like, you know, we we all start off. This industry is so big, so vast, so creative, so talented, and genuinely very intelligent. Maybe not academically, but creatively. You know what I mean? Of course, yeah, definitely. And I think it's crazy that, like, we we myself and you and everyone else who's been on this podcast has just fallen into it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like no, it's like knowing the. But especially not when I was at school, no, no one encouraged you to, to, to do it and go into it. Um, but it's obviously when I when I seen how well Chris was doing, and plus, see, but honestly, I, like, uh, fashion was always a big thing for me anyway. And I think, I think if I hadn't had done, if I hadn't took this option and went into that, then I would have probably studied like graphic uh, interior designer, like fashion or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 
Wow. So, so you've um, always had that creative element in you know in 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 your brain, haven't you? Really? Yeah, definitely. I thought I've I've always I've always been intrigued by that that kind of industry. Yeah, definitely. Wow. I think that's I think that's amazing. That's to be honest with me, because I, I do feel the correlation between fashion and hair is just oh, yeah. so intertwined, isn't it? You know, big time. It's just wow. trends, isn't it? Hundred percent, mate. Yeah, and the trends. You know, if you look at the catwalks and stuff, like you know, a lot of the maybe the hair doesn't always come off the catwalks, but there could be that one fashion show that they've done this unreal sort of like say like it's a side like a classic look. You know, before before Absolutely. the fades and everything else came in, and you see that really swept back side part or that brush back longer hairstyle. And you just start getting people filtering in slightly, don't you? you know, Absolutely. Of that, of that look. So yeah. did you, did you um, so you came to that, that arrangement with Chris? What was the arrangement that you came to? No, but basically, it's just uh, he, he was my hairdresser. Uh, he's my barber. And then when um, he, he just said he was looking looking to take someone on, but it wasn't an invitation. I think it was just passing comment. And I had went uh, and applied to college and and got in and I says look can can you kind of take me on he's like yeah so I mean I just kind of took it from there you know that's mad isn't it that is like almost a bit of fake that isn't it really yeah of course so definitely that's crazy so so your uh, what was your first day like that was it, it, obviously it was nerve wracking because everything you're doing you're just you're shadowing a lot of the time aren't you well yeah. you were then but I feel like now uh, a lot of the the assistance and stuff, it's a lot more hands-on now, which is brilliant, which is good, yeah, do you know what I mean? Definitely. Do you think it's more hands-on now because, you know, it's it's a sought-after craft to get into? I, th- I think so. I think with, you know, when, when I was younger and doing that, it was, you know, you'd, you'd done your barbering course for, what, a year, and then you would maybe have another couple of years in the salon, or your hairdressing course was three, four years, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And now, you know, they've kind of got that expectation where they want to get it done in, a, in at least a year do you know what I mean yeah yeah definitely this is such a common conversation as well I I, I don't know if you listen to one with um, with Johnny from Barbara yeah. Barbara but he you know very, he's very passionate about uh, this sort of fast tracking um, barbering courses and stuff like that and I, I, I'm with him I'm totally I'm totally with him like I think my, my apprenticeship was god two and a half two yeah. years maybe three years yeah. Um, and you know, I was, I was. The thing was, I was cutting hair on the floor. Like I was, I was doing just as much as everyone else. But I still was an apprentice. You know, I was oh, still of course. Like, as a junior. You know what I mean? Of course, definitely. You need, you need to earn your stripes. I, I think it's just, it's just, it's the way it is. It, need, it needs to be. Plus, I think progressively, as you as you get older and you want to do stuff on your own, then I don't think you would be able to to manage or, or lead people uh, uh, if you didn't do. If you don't get through the ranks, do you know what I mean? I agree, mate. And I think that, you know, I, I feel like that bond you make, you know, when you, you know, when you're just starting off and you get like say you get them them young lads or the older guys who kind of just trust you, you know, like they know you're the junior, but they just they think, I'll oh, yeah. give them a go. They're the yeah, clients yeah. you tend to stick with for life, aren't they? Of course. You know, yeah, the bond you make with them because you, they know you're starting off, they know you're nervous, they know they want to give you a chance. And I think I think nowadays you kind of with the expectation that people go and do a, a, a six month course or whatever, or even even less, and then they walk in being a fully fledged barber, that, that, no, that can't. Little, it doesn't work, does it? It's you know? impossible. No, you can't. Doesn't it? I mean, I'm nearly sixteen years in, and I'm still learning stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mate, I'm twenty years in, I'm still learning stuff. Do you know what I mean? You <laughs> Massively. Can't, you, can't, yeah. you can't. You can't do it in six months, and then it, you obviously get that kind of ignorance run about it, and it's like, oh, well, I'm not listening to you. Then I'll, I'll go to ex- someone else who'll do it in six months, and I'll be like, well, charge on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, as well, I've noticed, like, you know, if we if we think about what we were like when we were starting off, you know, like just imagine, you know, fast forward in two or three years into your career, I see people on Instagram now who have only just started off. They're a year or two in, and they're opening their own shop. And yeah. honestly, mate, like I opened my own shop after working in about five or six different places. But that yeah, same. I, I picked up the best bits of them places, you know what I mean, and tried to turn them into my own. So yeah. I had to use all the best bits that I knew, like whether it was the customer service from that place, the barber chairs from that place, the yeah, yeah, yeah. position from that place, you know, and the the ambience of another place, you know. That's why I. That's why I liked what. That's why I liked working in some some salons. Because the stuff you pick up from there, you don't, you, you can't pick up in barber shops. Like, well, no, from my experience, in one place neither, mate. You yeah. can't just pick everything up in one place. No, nah, no way, 
You know, Absolutely. you do need to. I mean, some people do. Hats off to people who are successful from that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm always up for anybody who, who gives it a go. May hats off. You know, there's no no negativity here. Like, oh, absolutely. I do find, like you said, like you know, you're 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 so far from what you've told me about the starting off of your journey in this industry is so similar to every successful person I've spoken to. You know, not not just on the podcast, just in life. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. people who started from the very bottom. Like, you know, if you think like the Jeff Bezos's and the Steve Jobs, they all started off tiny. In you know, in 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 small places, and the, the like you said, the end the stripes. It's almost like imagine a guy, imagine imagine a UFC fighter who's called a black belt in jiu-jitsu has never done any of the gradings to get to black belt. He's gone from a white belt to a black belt. The respect is just gone, and, and not just yeah. the respect, the experience is gone, isn't it? Yeah, you know absolutely. What I mean? Throughout the whole of that journey. So, speaking about your journey, so you started off there. You got offered that that kind of you know once in a lifetime sort of opportunity that just fitted in with the fact that you got accepted into to college as well. What um what was it? What was it like, sort of you know? going into that industry when you I know you said you were nervous on your first day but what was it what was the sort of feeling every day when you woke up knowing that you were you know potentially going to become a barber I mean it felt kind of it felt right you know it just felt like it was probably the right though it was the right decision to do um and it was it felt like I felt really eager uh I again it's a natural feeling to feel like you can run before you can walk but obviously that's been People that are mentoring you are kind of bring you back down. They'd be like, "No, well, you need to learn such and such before yeah. you can do that." And I remember, obviously, I worked with Chris for a bit, and then I'd left and kind of went into town. And um, this guy Gavin had trained me, and he had basically said to me, "Look, you're we're not um, you're not allowed to touch a pair of clippers until you can do the full thing with scissors." Wow. And I'm like, and I'm that like to that to this day, like I love that. I stuck with him learning me, him teaching me, you know. Yeah, yeah. because um, that was that was something that, that that stuck with me to this day, and and I think everyone should learn that. But it was it was a total buzz and see when she were when she were able to actually, when when you know the pieces kind of clicked together, and you're like, oh wait a minute here, this this works. It's a brilliant feeling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I, so, how long were you at um, at the place with Chris then? About a year. About a year. And what did you learn within that year? But, but, do you know he? T- he was pretty good in terms of there was other stylists that worked there and they were good with um you know, I started started to kinda of dabble in colour a bit and um but obviously structure a lot of structure, salon structure to be fair, and how the salon actually works. Yeah. Um so important though, isn't it? So important. Not so definitely, I and just seeing how he worked, uh, was pretty cool. And then obviously seeing other other stylists as well. Um was brilliant, but I, that kind of gave me a taste for colour. And obviously, if you're, you're an assistant, you're taking off colour and you're mixing up toners and, and when you're kind of learning all that, you know, wait a minute, this is pretty cool as well, especially especially on guys, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean the thing is, well, with colour, like, I, I, I did a bit of colour as well back in um, when I moved into the city centre of uh, Liverpool, but I never sort of went on any courses. I just learnt off, you know, the, the other stylists who were there kind of thing. But the thing with colour, I mean... That is pure and utter science and intelligence. 100%. It really is. It's crazy. Like, my wife's a colourist, and, you know, I'm terrified of colour. I'm not going to lie. I I don't like doing colour because it can go so wrong because I'm I'm not trained in it, you know, properly. I'm just... You know, I, I only literally, it's so bad. About two years ago, I only just started measuring out what I needed to use. I used to, <laughs> to the consistency that felt right. Yeah, I mean, a lot <laughs> of people so do bad. that. Like... <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Nah. I, mean, I suppose it's different with bleach, but I mean, when you're doing things like you, you're doing like a full head grey coverage, the, the, yeah. the measurements have got to be right, haven't they? You, you know need I mean? to you buy on. Yeah, don't need to get on like. Yeah. Wow. So what, what what did you notice about obviously when you said you like mixed dabbling in colour and stuff, did you ever think that you'd end up going that kind of way, becoming a colourist over a, a you know a, ha- a hairdresser kind of thing? Uh, I mean and another thought I never thought the colour would become such a huge thing in, in my career and, and um because when I then the places I worked at the time in between that didn't offer the service, especially like actual barbers, you know. Yeah. Um but then when it, where other places I worked and it started to become more available. I then got myself on courses and whatever and and, and learned that way. And I and now because I had I had a previous salon uh, with a partner and uh, the name of the salon kind of reflected like 
you know, a kind of aspect of colour, and it was like, it became huge for me, do you know what I mean? And even now, it's like, I'm doing colours every day. Yeah, I see the stuff on. you post on Instagram, mate. Yeah, you can you can see that. You can see you've redeveloped really that into your, into your current work, you know? Actually, that's kind of, I would say that's kind of like, it just comes and it just comes hand in hand now. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people are more, a lot of guys are more um, open to, to doing it because you, you know yourself, but like you can totally change the dynamic. A haircut, we adding a couple of bits of colouring. Do you know what oh I mean? Oh my God, yeah. I mean, so what, what year was this you, you started learning the colour? So at, at that time? So when when I worked in Chris's, there was, it was just, it was essentially just assisting assist another hairdresser taking colour off and mixing toners up. And that was when I kind of dabbled in it, but it wasn't till. I had maybe went to uh, another couple of salons. I get so maybe about two, three, four years in. And what year was this? So when did I start? Uh, ah, man, um, <laughs> I can't. You made been a crazy year. <laughs> so maybe, maybe ten, maybe ten years ago, maybe. Ten years ago. See, if you think ten years ago, that was you know, colour was quite well established in guys at that point, wasn't it? You know, from yeah, the Beckham, the Beckham days, you know, and. Uh, and, and the thing is, I, th- I think with colour as well, the aspect of what I love doing colour, or why I, sorry, why I love doing colour, was, you know, you know, if you think back to, like, say, the American crew books that were, like, in every shop, you know, you went to, and they had all yeah. their kind of haircuts, you know, if you looked at the highlights, and even in the guys with blonde hair, they were adding lighter bits into the blonde hair to create that real heavy texture. And that's yeah, the reason I why that. I used it. And I love, I still love that to this day. I think that oh, adding a little bit of texture. I even, mate, I used to get done me. So I used to get 7-1 from, I think it was Colliston, 7-1 into my hair. We made it like a light brownish, like a caramelly colour. And I used Probably. to get little, little tiny bits put in just to make it more messy. Because my hair's so straight at that point, it just wouldn't move about. You know what I mean? So this this helped it break it up, basically. And that's why I loved it. And it was so nice that, like, you could you could incorporate that into clients. I think, you know, I think definitely David Beckham helped that out an awful oh, lot. Time I, you know, not, not, and I think, you know, you've got to kind of give credit where credit's due to David Beckham back in the 2006, 2005, 2006 year, but give credit to the barbers and the hairdressers behind them as well. You know, the, the unsung heroes of basically creating our industry. You know what I mean? I think. Yeah, definitely, man. It's like, I think, I think with David Beckham definitely brought the colour thing uh, to the forefront, especially in about, Early two thousands, well, well, yeah. where, well, I was, we were starting off. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you would get people that would come in, and the the, the the funny thing about it is as well, it's like if you, if you remember, a lot of people, a lot of people would think you wouldn't tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. You would just bleach it, and it would look sound. And then if you if you done that now, you'd be like, oh my god, man, I know. I'm telling you, you just used to put like twelve percent and bleach, and that was it, wasn't it? That's that. And out the door, well, that was great. <laughs> it was almost like I reckon there must have been colourists out there who do you know the way we're moaning now? Or not moaning. Let's let's let me let me change that that word. Not moaning. We are um just kind of observing this quick, quick sort of route to barbering, right? This kind of fast track to barbering. I think there must have been colourists back in two in the two thousands fuming about the barber industry doing colour. Oh. It was awful. <laughs> But it must they must have been because like it's, it's a total it's a total art like yeah um I've I've, I've worked with people as a a girl uh, Gemma who I worked with in Rebel Rebel and she's fantastic and when you see stuff when you see other people doing color that's different for you as well you like it makes you appreciate it even more how kind of uh, diverse it is do you know what I mean hundred percent and I mean especially like nowadays like. You know, we're in 2021 now. You know, colour is colour is, is really recognised as being its true own art form, isn't it? You know, because I'd only ever met, I think I only ever met a colour, a standalone colourist in about 2012. And that was a yeah. friend of mine called Mel. Now, Mel and yeah. Luigi, Mel and Luigi are a couple who, who worked together uh, for a very long time. And Luigi just does cutting and Mel does colouring, but they literally share the same clients. And like, like as as we speak now, they work together just sharing clients. Yeah, and I think she was doing like Gwen Stefani back in the day, Lady Gaga, oh, wow. you know, all, all, but like she, yeah, she was doing some of the big names. Like, um, she was just a colourist, and I met her once, and I was I was baffled. I was like, you just do colour? How how, <laughs> does, how does she like work every single day just doing colour? But you know, it was only until. Late, like when I got to know her a bit more, I was like, Jesus, she's so busy. Like, she just does color, and that when it, when it opened my eyes to how much I knew it was a skill, 
but I didn't realize how much of a skill you could you could make it. You know what I mean? And then yeah. fast track to now, it's so different, isn't it? But um, going back to your sort of journey of you know when you moved into a different salon, like what was the sort of what was the, the, the what made you take that leap to leave Chris's and move to Gav's? I just I just wanted to uh, I just. I, it was just an opportunity. I'd got an opportunity to to work in town, um, in city centre, and then the um, the 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 owners of the salon had basically had said, "Look, we'll send we'll you to London and a lot of course, blah blah blah," and it was just uh, it was just part of that kind of no wait a minute, this is what I need to do, and then that that was it, you know. I think it's just that natural. Do you know? I just want to pick up on a point you said earlier on. Do you know when you said like you, you, it just felt right? Like when you started off in there and it just felt right, and you want to like run before you can watch. Do you, do you think that's a big part of what you need to to be in this industry to start off in this industry? Absolutely. I, I mean, you, you see, you see, you know, apprentices and and stuff through the years, and you see the you know you get you, you get like the ones who are like. Totally eager and want to run before, and you can, you can, I, I could see a lot of myself in that. And you're like, no, wait a minute, I get it. So they end up succeeding if they do it the right way. If, if yeah. it, but you know, um, you get some people who who are just happy not progressing as quick. Yeah. And it's not to say they're any different or any better or worse. It's just it would take a longer process. Yeah, I agree, man. Yeah. I agree. I, I think you're you're so right, man. Like that is. I think when you know it, when you when you know what you want to do. I mean, I I think I always remember a mate of mine, Josh, saying to me, like he, he was talking about one of I think it was his uh, his his ex. I think it was, and he was she was very down about a job, and we were we were having a smoke out the back of my shop, and um, I remember him saying, like, you know, we're so lucky to be in a job that we enjoy and we know and we know what we want to do in life. You know what I mean in terms of our career? Because yeah. there must be so many people out there who don't. You know what I mean? And especially like. You know, even with COVID, you know, people who started off in our industry have probably had a massive setback and being like, oh, shit, is this the thing I want to do? Like, is this the job that, you know, what's it going to be like? What's the world going to be like after COVID with its PPE and all this, you know? So I think when you said, like, you've got to have that, you know that's the thing you want to do. I think we are very lucky, aren't we? You know what I mean? And, Absolutely, you know, man. You have, to, you have to appreciate how how, how, um, how fortunate of a position to be in when you when you know the career path you want to you want to go down, and um, I think like going back to what you were saying about knowing that was the thing that you want to do, I could only imagine like if you look back on this journey as you talk us through your journey, I think you'll see how all the the pieces fall into place as well, right? I think you'll you'll probably maybe if you haven't spoken about your journey you know out loud for a long time, you you might start to see that coming through. Yeah, I can start to feel it. I can feel your journey starting to fit in place now. As we're yeah, not I can see a lot of myself in you as well. I feel like. I can feel like I can relate to your journey massively. Um, so when you got to Gavs, and obviously, you know, you had that, it sounds like you had a bit more of a sort of hairdressing kind of teaching in some ways with the clip, with, without the clipper work, you know what I mean? Yeah, that was good. It was like, it was a place, it was called the Men's Store, and it was like a kind of place, uh, other than who worked in there, there was only like one guy who was actually like solely a barber, Initially, and and he um he had done the same course as me previous, like a barbering course, but he went straight into working in barbers where I worked in sal like kind of salons and then whatever. But with with when I went to the men's store, the guys uh, who worked in there were all previously hairdressers who were now doing. Uh, if you remember, remember like there was a whole time through the early two thousands where. People stopped calling themselves barbers and they were saying they were gents hairdressers. Hundred percent, yeah, and stylists as well, yeah. And stylists, yeah, that was yeah. just like a huge you know, thing, and that that was kind of what was happening. That do you know what? I've got to really like sorry, interrupting then, Grant, but I've got to to to, put, to be on that point. I've got a really funny thing that happened to me when I when I I left uh, the barbers that I trained in, and I moved into a cent into a city centre store in uh, in Liverpool, and it the barb the word barber was so. Had such a taboo about it. Had such a sort of you can't do these new current styles. So yeah. I moved to a place called that. That was called Voodoo for him. So it was there was no barber pole. There was no mention of barbering at all. And the very first client that I had in the chair it was at ten o'clock on a on a Tuesday morning. I'll never forget it. 
And the guy come in, he had like a bit longer hair. He wanted like, you know, it was when everyone was wearing the fringe down and everyone was kind of pulled forward. It was very heavily textured, very Tony and Guy inspired, you know, yeah, that really yeah. heavily textured slide cutting through the top and stuff like that. And um, I'd learned all these techniques in the barbers, which was so funny. Like, obviously, you know, I'd learned all these techniques. But the guy sat down and said, so um, where do you, know, you normally go? Like, what made you come and come to Voodoo? He said, oh, I normally go to barbers, but barbers don't know how to cut these kind of styles of hair or these haircuts. And I, th- I said to myself, I was a barber last week. You know what I mean? I, I know. I know. He's talking about last week, but because I'm yeah. in this in this salon now, I'm called a stylist. Is his whole interpretation of who I am has changed? Absolutely, absolutely. Mad, isn't it? It's, I feel like with the the hairdressing side, I never really, I never really wanted to go. You're kind of bouncy blow dry Cinderella shit was never really my thing, and I think with with. You could you could incorporate. There's a guy Simon I worked with as well. Actually, in the went store. He was he was like, he was like the epiphany of a gent's hairdresser. He he had he had all this kind of bravado with it. He was hilarious as well. Yeah, he's brilliant. Salon in Glasgow actually. Um, but he 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 was brilliant, and he he had made you know because barbering guys didn't blow dry hair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean. And then when he st- he started blow drying using straighteners, blah 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 blah, and you're like, nah, that this is there's no reason why. You t- you can't be a barber and do that because yeah. really barbering should be about that if it's solely male, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. I I do you know what's funny? Like if you think about like, do you know that period where like longer hair started coming back in, like sort of the late two thousands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe mid mid two thousands probably where like you know like a lot of the bands like the the indie music like the Kooks and Arctic Monkeys and all that that was massive. Like I felt like that was a big inspiration in in in. You know, Liverpool especially yeah. um, back in like I don't know probably mid 2000s and I always just remember before I moved to that city centre salon I always remember anyone who used to come in with long hair you almost I think you used to just fume at the fact that you had <laughs> long hair you know what I mean like you'd be really uh-huh. pissed off and you'd be like oh, uh-huh. why the fuck haven't they gone to an hairdresser's why are they coming to a barber's and I thought right. that, that was that mindset wasn't taught to me at all no. by any of my teachers I think it was just I think it was just the chat of, I think it was just what you used to see commonly so much in a barber's was not long hair. It was all short back and sides. You know what I mean? And I think it was like that that thing where he's thinking, oh God, I don't even, and I think it was just pure down to, I don't know how to do it. I think it was That's not definitely, I was the same. I was exactly the same. And then you were, you were fortunate enough in the kind of, the, the men's store people, the clientele that were coming in there at the time, it's no longer open, but when they were coming in there, they, they would, it was a place where people could go, um, that, that had longer hair and wanted to try different things that couldn't get it in a barber's because a barber's was a, a, a one, two, three, four back sides and a bit off the top, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, and then when you went there, it, it was it was fortunate because the people there were hairdressers and that's when they started to train you up in longer hair. Yeah. And you're like, no, wait a minute. That's... And then now, uh, people have long hair, so it's, it's diverse, it's brilliant. Do you know what mate, I mean? Do you know, I'm loving longer hair at the minute, mate. I am yeah. absolutely... Do you know, you know the thing I'm loving at the moment is like, that longer curly hair. And, you know, honestly, 10 years ago, I used to die inside when someone used to walk in with long curly hair because I didn't have a clue. And it's mad, isn't it? Like how how you just... I think it's your mindset. I honestly think, obviously, technique and learning these things is is obviously, you know, invaluable. But I do, I think think it's the way you approach it in your own head more than the actual technique sometimes. Because I'm using techniques I haven't really changed in probably about 12 or 13 years. But I think my whole mindset towards a, the approach towards this type of hair has changed massively so I, I think I, it's mind over matter sometimes you know absolutely and I, I just remember kind of kind of flatting at one point and being like nah I can't I can't do this guy's hair or whatever and there was this uh, woman Mag she was she was brilliant she she just kind of sat me down it was like a, maybe a over two week period and she's like look I can basically teach you like four different ways to cut long hair and you just use you use that basic technique and it'll that'll stand just stride the rest of your career and yeah. I still do it to this day, do you know what I mean? And then you probably just add your own your own that, yeah. in, don't you? Yeah, your own things that you picked up off watching other people or whatever, yeah. That's what what I always say, like when, when you're training someone or, or even just people are asking, you're like, Look, I, I don't really care how people get the end result because your your kind of niche and your kind of flair on it is what makes you an individual stylist. Do you know what I mean? But if the end yeah. result's flawless, then charge on, man. Do you know what I mean? You could use your feet, and if it looks good, it doesn't matter, does it? Absolutely. Who are you, who are you to judge them? You know what I mean? It's absolutely, mate. I hate the kind of barbering hairdressing industry. It's all about individuality, and that's that's, that's what it's about. Do you know what I mean? 
Hundred percent. There's two points you just said there that I I can totally touch up on and relate to massively, and I hope other people can as well listening. Because the first bit was when you were saying about you know when you flapped it at that that haircut that came in, and you had a you had a girl called Mags with you who told you who sat you down over two weeks and said there's four ways to cut hair. Now this yeah. takes me back to this fast track approach to our industry. You 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 need to work inside a place, whatever it may be, to learn your craft. Right? Absolutely. You can't learn your craft by one person in a college and that's no. it. And then walk out no thinking way. you're the finished product. Because everything you've just described there about other people saying, No, I want you to, you know, I you started off learning Lynn and Barbara and then you went to a men you went to the men's store that was predominantly sort of female or I say female, I know that's very very old, old way of thinking. But what I mean but is that's like, what it was. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, it was back then, like female trained and, and yeah. you know, women's hair. Um, with no clippers and all that sort of stuff, and then you had somebody else who then guided you through a different process. This yeah. is why this is why it's so important to learn in a shop because it's not yeah. what you learn in college; it's what you learn in the shop. Other people who have got totally different technique and mindset and approach to certain haircuts. It's, it's like people, yeah. It's like when people say to you, you know, you don't learn how to drive until you actually learn pass a driving test. It's like it's the same thing. Hundred percent, couldn't agree more, mate. And you know, and, and the, the second bit was, you know, if you think about when you're saying like, what, you know, when when you when you you think back to when you started off, and then you've got all these different people giving you that sort of a bit of guidance and a bit of this, and then you know, you fast forward to where you are now, and you, you, if you think taking everything you've absorbed and you've added your own little bit of flair and a bit of twist, and you know how how individual this actual industry is i feel like you know that sort of that separation when like barbering was like barbering you know you you only can you can only do the your technique is this it's got to be skin fade it's got to be this got to be that i think the individuality of like that kind of clash between you know certain techniques like thin and scissors and other things yeah. like that i feel like that that, that, that individuality and diversity is what makes our sort of industry so unique now, right now 2021 I mean, if you remember, if you remember, I remember being at Barber College and they were like, um, you know, you, you, you just don't use thin scissors. It's just, you know, you just don't use them. Yeah. And and uh, and then obviously when I had went to the men's store and stuff, there was like Gav, for example, he would only cut uh, people with curly hair with texturizers, full hair cut texturizers. Wow. And it was amazing how he how he done it. And, it. and it was brilliant. It was time consuming, but it was amazing. So yeah, you yeah. learn aspects of that, but it wasn't really till. I, I kind of I worked for the longest place I worked in a place called Mohair. It was a guy Tony. Yeah, I've heard that place actually. Yeah, I've heard yeah, that. He, yeah, he 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 was fucking amazing to be fair, and he 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 still is, you know. And he um, there was that whole kind of remember the whole rockabilly faith shit started. Yeah, he yeah. Was, he was the kind of guy that kind of taught me that, and then that's when you get back into barber living. But this time, and he was a hairdresser as well, trained. And this time, that's when he started using. You know, point cutting, texturizing, but then you're you're doing all the barbering, fading. It's time and it all kind of married together. Yeah, and he would kind of, he had kind of. I would say he was probably the first guy in Glasgow to crack that. To be fair. But you know what's funny? You say that, right? Is I always sort of pick on like um, the pick up about you know when the barbering kind of thing started off, and it was like, it, I mean, I think it's fair to say, score them over in Rotterdam. Yeah, the yeah. guys who basically started the barbering trend to be to be what it is now that that scumbag boogie haircut and the the picture with just the 12 haircuts on and that's all they did and all this sort of stuff and you see so many replications of scoring all around the world now you see so many in the uk and you know that they had this a lot of that, that them salons and barbershops that opened up had this sort of i think this sort of approach that you can't section here, you know. You 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 know. You don't want really to become what they call a section guard, and you know you you can't point cut, and you can't do this, can't do that. And it was very much like you had to be a barber. You didn't do messy hairstyles. Everything was kind of slick and all this sort of stuff. The best thing about Scotland is they were all hairdressers. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Actually, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's like that. this, this animosity towards hairdressing that became a big thing when the barbering scene kind of become so big. It was like, oh, what are you going to hairdressers for? You know, we're barbers. We, we wear shirts and ties and this, that, and the other, which is fine to have that uh, that passion. But you can't you can't discredit all the techniques that are picked up in in hairdressing. You know, you can't discredit them. No, because fundamentally, fundamentally, it's all 
it's all it's all down to that. And the, the, the amazing thing about the industry is it's just a giant melting pot of of other people's perception and take on hairdressing. Do you know what I mean? And it's ta- taking um, snippets of of everywhere you've worked and everyone you've worked with and creating your own lane is is what is what every stylist should do, in my opinion. Anyway, I totally agree, mate. Couldn't agree more. So when you were in um, when you were in Gaffs, how long did you spend there before you moved on? So I was I, I was basically I was like a year a year and a half in the main store, and then I went I went to a, a city barbers where I worked in there. I worked in there for a good bit as well, maybe when I was 20, 21, 22. and that 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 picture speed up. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And and, and you kind of you earn your your barbering stripes through that, and then um, being able to when I left the kind of conveyor belt kind of barbers and went to Mohair. More here is when it all kind of started kicking off, you know, when it was like, now wait a minute here, like, because obviously everybody had the whole mod thing started again. Nice. Uh, for a while, and then you had all, you could only do scissor work with that, do you know what yeah. I mean? And that's when you, for example, Mike was the first person I've ever seen who just she basically point cuts every haircut to the death, do you know what I mean? Yeah, he was yeah, just point yeah. cut central. Yeah, and it was very soft finished, wasn't it? And that's stuff, it, yeah. yeah. And you're like, so you, you think to yourself, oh, wait a minute, I can smash these mod cuts because Max. Do you know what I mean? Or so I think. I think it's like, what? Yeah, with with everybody you've worked with over the years, you just need to be really fortunate because you're like they've, they've gave you a bit of them. Do you know what I mean? It's hard. Well, and do you know what's funny as well? I think you'll, I and I, I honestly don't think you ever stop that. You know, in this job, even if you get your own shop, you know, I when I had my own shop, I learned so much off one of my barbers, Tom, who'd yeah. come from Savills. Like he took, he he was doing these. Um, he was doing a lot of the haircuts where he left the crown a lot longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then, I probably never never left the crown as long. So even yeah. though he was only two, three years into cutting hair, I picked up stuff from him. Yeah, I was yeah, like yeah, fifteen yeah. years in. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, exactly, exactly. You can't even be arrogant as a as a as a boss. You've got to you've still got to be an open book as a boss. I think. Yeah. That? Yeah, definitely. So that leads me to you being a boss. So when did you first sort of start your own your own place? Then, like, I know you said you had a partnership. Was um was that were you your own boss then? Were you? Yeah, so I then went, I then left Mohair and I worked in uh, Rebel Rebel in Glasgow, and that is when I started to. They were the first place in Glasgow really that had used Kev Murphy, and they put him on a couple of Kev Murphy courses, and um, I was fortunate enough to to kind of expand my colour knowledge in, and that's when it kind of took off, um, and uh, opened a place. With a previous partner, and after Rebel Rebel, and I had that for a couple of years, and then when we decided we were going to do our own thing, I then went up nineteen, and he and he had kept the previous salon. Right, nice. So that's nineteen's your your shop now, isn't it? The one you're, you're in now, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So could you and, uh, could you talk me a little bit about nineteen and tell tell me what it's about? So the, the kind of idea I had with 19 was I just wanted it to be like, it, it, it's like 70, 30, so it's 70% guys, 30% females. I would say, um, however, I do have a lot of female clients with short hair. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. pixie cuts, bobs, colours, whatever. Um, but I feel like I wanted it to be, or I, I, I've made it so it's like a hub where people can come and creatively be who they want to be. And, and get a taste of having their own business, in a sense, because yeah. you are your own business and within a business, do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And that way, um, a lot of people have commented and said, you know, it's like, it's just a kind of atmosphere like you're living in, do you know what I mean? It's just so chill. Um, and it, everybody, it's just a creative hub where everybody can get together and um, utilise, you That's know. That's great. Yeah, um, I think the good thing about places like what you what you are setting up and what you've what you seem to have done so well with is you take a lot of the politics of salons out, don't you? Big time. You yeah. know what I mean by by having people who are creative and letting them letting them do their own thing within a space. You know, you're not you're not fighting with the receptionist who might like the other guy better and they're getting more new clients than you and all. You know what I mean? It it takes that out, doesn't it? Sometimes yeah. as well. Yeah, big time. It's, everybody everybody has their own lane. Everybody has their own clientele. Everybody has their own talents, their own niche. And um, but it's all under the one, the one kind of 
bracket of 19, which is which is class, and it's not as if like because there was there was a time through the kind of the the noise or whatever when they were saying you know people would fight for clients, but it's now it's like well somebody comes in and like oh, I want my want my hair like this, you're like oh you'd be better going to such and such or you'd be better going to Sam or you know what I mean. So it's like such a nice place to be. It really yeah, is. It, yeah, it must be a lovely space for everyone to work in. Like, and so when I've just been, um, I was just thinking about when you said you won, um, was it was it Barber of the Year in Scotland? Is that right? That's right. Yeah, the, so the how, how did that happen then? Because that was what was that? Two thousand sixteen, Scotland's best barber. How did that? Happen? I so I had went down to two thousand fourteen for Gav actually because I ended up working with. So when I went, when I kind of managed more here, yeah, I ended up bringing Gav. So Gav who. Then trained me. I was then his manager, which is hilarious. But he, wow. <laughs> he, 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 we uh, met Barber Connect. Remember, it was down in uh, Wales. Yeah, in the um, um, in Celtic Manor, wherever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I then had a competition down there, um, and it was like the only guy from Scotland. That's like the crew came second. And me and Gav came down. It's brilliant. I thought, this competition thing. So Scottish Hearing and Beauty Awards were were kind of up and going and. When I entered that, I won Best Barber in Scotland, and that was the same year that I'd opened my first salon, so it was pretty cool. It was a good year, do you know what I mean? Wow, that's a solid year, that, mate. That no, must that have been good. amazing. Wow. And that was, so was that when you were in the in your, the salon uh, with your partner, was it, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, that must have given you such a big boost, though, for, like, you know, opening your own place. That must no, have been, it was like, great. You know, it was great timing. It was really good, to be fair. Wow, that's amazing. And, I, and do you know what? Because, obviously, I've, I've been looking on your Instagram for ages, like, and I just think the look of your shop is stunning, mate. Absolutely stunning. It really is. But where, where does the name come from, 19? Well, I did, so people had said that, but when, when, when 19, it was just like my favourite my favorite number. I would say 19 was when I, I proper qualified as well, really. Yeah. When I kind of when I kind of found my way on the floor and initiated in it, I was 19. And then we opened in, in 2019, um, and it's just like my dad's birthday, my brother's birthday is 19, and then we had a bonus ball in City Barbers when I worked in, and I won like four grand off it in the number 19. I'm like, you know what? I was like, I kept winning it all the fucking time. And I'm like, 19 kind of has to be runnable. Well, I hope 19 makes you more than four grand, mate, because that's, uh, definitely, that's definitely good luck. I just remember winning that fucking bonus ball like, all the time, and I was like, wait a minute, man, 19's like my number here. So, wow, yeah, as soon as I kind of thought I'm going to be more, and then... Yeah, no, it's, I kind of I'd found a map as well, like from uh, randomly online for the po- uh, post office advertising. It was a, a map of Merton City in Glasgow from nineteen nineteen, and I was like, Jesus. And then that's the kind of just kind of kind of fell for it. Organically, it kind of worked out. Do you know what I mean, mate? That has given me goosebumps. That you know, because that is we. Uh, do you know what? I'm not being funny. That is absolutely ridiculous. How much that number was coming up for you? I know it's funny, isn't it? It's like. I'm, see, I'm not even a superstitious person, but you know when people like, you know, you see the screenshots on Instagram of like 11, 11, and ah, yeah. like that, you know what I mean? Like, I, that never happens to me. I, ne- I never open my phone at 11, 11. <laughs> it just never. Actually, you know what's weird? I'm on 10, 10 now. Which is I, know, so weird, I, know. I know, it's weird. Okay, now, I might have to open a shop called 10, 10, I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. No, that, that is nuts, man. But like, I was, obviously, you know, when I was looking through um, your Instagram, like, I mean, you're, you're always, you know, the algorithm always puts your work on, on my uh, on my page, and you know when I, when I was thinking about doing the the podcast, I, I wrote down a load of names, and your, your name was on there, and a few and a few other people on there, and I just started looking much more through everybody's Instagram because you know it's like you know when you open Instagram and you you open it on the on the, on you know like say you haven't opened it for a couple of hours and it loads up, you miss loads of people's. Um, feed, yeah. But your feed, I mean, you don't half incorporate colour so so much. And yeah. I mean, there's a couple of top topless selfies as well, mate. Which you need to, you know, <laughs> you're, you're looking all right, Grant. And we know that, mate, but, you know, you can leave that now. But, um, but, like, pack. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm loving like some of your. Not even like, I think there was a photo shoot you did. I don't know whether it was for a satellite or a magazine or something that really struck my eye. Was it you? I think you dyed the, the guy's hair. Very kind of ash blonde, very white blonde, but you'd put like street strokes of color on his face and stuff like that. It oh, yeah, yeah, such yeah. a strong image. Like the fact you've used color, not you've used color in his hair, but you've also used it on his face. I think that is a very masculine way of of incorporating color into a, into a masculine photo shoot. I think that is absolutely genius. That made, and that was that image was like, yeah, I need to get grants on. I think that was the night I messaged you when I saw I, that, that, was, like, that is awesome. 
I loved that there was a guy, there was a, the, well, I don't know how I kind of came up with it, but there was a, in a water bottle, I just diluted colour, um, and then just kind of stood back, and like, you know how that, when you mess about in a salon, and you put the, the water spray on stunt, and somebody yeah. walks past through their face, yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I would do, I was kind of doing that, but I had uh, colour in it, and when you stand back, it just created that kind of texture over his full, over his full kind of face and head with the wow. colour. Wow. And then when I'd done the shoot, my friend Martin, um, he's he's makeup artist with Dior. He's, he's a client, I mean, but he's fucking shit hot. Yeah. And he, uh, I got him on. And when I said, look, and he's like, mate, this is what we do here. And he just kind of, he just kind of extended the colour for the hair onto the face. And I was like, mate, that works. That's class. And he's like, yeah, that's good. That's mad. I mean, that's the thing, you, you know, it, when you're doing a shoot like that, you have the, you know, you 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 have the sort of um, the image, right? Like, you have the you have almost a finished look, don't you? But it becomes a solid team that creates the the strong image. You know what I mean? I think that is that says an awful lot. And do you know what? I noticed uh, you put a quote on there. Let me just I just let me just get my phone a second. One, bear with me, Grant. Let me just get your page up. You put a post on there, right? And I think that is very fitting. I think. Anybody listening can really see that you you are definitely you definitely breathe this kind of saying. Where is it? You said you are only as great as the team you surround yourself with, and I think yeah, that, yeah. that is so fitting from not not just that image, but I think what nineteen represents, isn't it? Really, absolutely. Yeah. Wow, I think that's I think that's incredible. I think what you're, what you're doing is awesome, mate. So where do you Thank think you. you'll where do you think you'll see yourself in ten years then? Um, ten years time. Well, I, do, I, I still want to obviously continue doing what I'm doing um, in the industry. I feel like I would maybe want to, can I get we kind of pockets of colour education for guys? Nice. And I kind of I want to do that, even just like one-on-ones, you know, two or three people and do like a maybe over a, a month or six weeks of yeah. kind of wee bit of colour education here. People that are obviously already colour trained, yeah, like advanced sort of thing, like advanced yeah. going into more specific, more men's specific kind of thing. Yeah, know? just like just 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 kind of stuff like that. In ten, ten years time, well, maybe if, you know a couple more nineteens or whatever. I don't know, but we'll see. I think that's do you know what I mean. I think that's a really good um a good idea that because I think a lot of the time when people go to learn color, especially guys, they tend to go and learn color in a hairdresser's, don't they? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or on like a L'Oreal course or a Weller course, something like that, I think. Going into a space which is so neutral, like gender neutral. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Learning how to just specifically colour men's hair. Because I think there is a I think there is a slight difference when it comes to colouring men's hair. Because if you think about if you're doing great coverage, you it's it can't be too warm sometimes, can it? Exactly. It needs to be quite yeah. flat tones, doesn't it? And stuff. Yeah. Um, and especially yeah. if you're doing like the blondes and I know there's a lot of like a lot of guys are having like mad like blues and pinks and all these sorts of colours in the hair. But even with like a masculine haircut. I don't, I don't mean this to not be like about male and female gender kind of thing. What I mean is that it's still got to be, it's still got to, it's still got to balance for the male face shape, hasn't it? And the, um, and what people wear and the men, what, what men wear as well, hasn't it? So it's got to fit into Absolutely. what we're looking for when we're doing a, when we're doing a haircut as well, hasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, if you get some guys that come in that are obviously, that are obviously of a different kind of style, then you, you incorporate it to that. But at the end of the day, the majority of guys in Glasgow still want to look like guys. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like it needs to be soft and it need, and it needs to be it needs to be subtle and yeah. in a lot of aspects um, to to kind of have your kind of standard look. But I mean, if you want to go fucking mental, then I'll do that as well. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's it, mate. But it's uh, yeah. I think that's amazing, man. Well, I've got I've got one question that I ask every guest. Um, because you know you 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 definitely you know you're definitely an inspiration man like you you massively inspired me today like I feel I feel like I relate to part of your journey so much but I also think that you've you've given me some food for thought as well mate to be honest um so who inspires you um who inspires me um see see before the, the everyone on uh, Instagram right now um is is as as well because a lot of people can inspire you but I feel like with the people that I work with and have worked with they're the ones that inspire me pretty much consistently you know people I've worked with before people I work with just now um I think people as again you surround yourself with people who inspire you and I think 
it's always it's always easy to outsource, you know, people that are not from where you are, but there's talent there's talent everywhere. Do you know what I mean? And if you keep if you look actually locally, like I've, I've worked with a girl away in my diamond, she worked with me in nineteen and my previous salon and she's out doing her own thing and she's amazing. She inspires me every day. Yeah. Um you know, there was a, another girl who worked in there, CJ. Her car work was amazing. She inspires me. Simon Harvey, he, he came for Rebel. He works on 19 now. He inspires me. Guy Sam next to me. You know, it's like everyone around about you. You know, yeah. your, your peers and your friends inspire me. That's, that's, that's it. I think that's a very good answer. That makes I think I think it's so true. Like, like you said, you can outsource your inspiration, can't you, through Instagram, like, you know, from people over, like, you know, some barbers in America, some hairdressers in America, some hairdressers in Russia. You know, you can you can look at yeah. that and you can see some imagery on Instagram and elsewhere that you think, wow, that's incredible. But I think the reality is when you're working and you're surrounding with people who are so talented, I think that's where the inspiration, like you said, the inspiration at home comes from, isn't it? You know what I mean? Well, what, what I did notice, see, see when, when I worked, I worked in California for a bit and then when I worked in there, like for a summer, it made me realise how, how, how advanced in certain aspects the British hair industry is. Yeah. Like, we're fucking amazing. Um, but when I went over, it was obviously a guy, Andrew does hair, and it was like his friend's shop, I worked in, blah, 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 and he's amazing. So he, he definitely inspires me, do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's a good lad. Um, he's yeah, yeah, been no, for a long time. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's wicked. Wow. He's really cool. So he, he's pretty cool, I would say. You know, he's probably my big inspiration for there. But in saying that, I would say at home, home talent's probably my big inspiration. Mate, I think that was a, a brilliant answer. And I think, mate, this has been... Such an amazing chat. It's definitely one of my favourite chats I've had on this show. Like, oh, because I think you, I, I, I think there's just something, there's an energy that you've got. And I think, I think the fact that, you know, I can say you're good, you know, but I don't think you, I don't think you'd be standing there shouting from the rooftops how good you are. And I think that's such a nice, humble talent to have as well, where, yeah. you know, you're saying you've got your people around you who are the people who inspire and the fact that you open a shop to be, to help creative individuals. I think that is just such a, such a lovely thing you've done, mate. And I, no, it's, it's not even like the fact that, you know, obviously it's a business, so you've got to look at the business side of things, but I think you've managed to do both really, really well. And I think you'd be a good person to work with as well, mate. I really do. I think I think anyone who is ever maybe if there's anyone in Glasgow who's looking to start somewhere, maybe, you know, you could they could reach out to you. Because I think you've uh, you know, I definitely think you can inspire a lot of people, mate. I really do. Oh, thanks very much, man. Thank you very much, Grant Walt. Mate, I will uh, I will let you go. I am um, I really appreciate you squeezing me in for this, mate. And um I will uh, I'll I'll you know, I'll, I'll definitely try and stay in touch with you, mate, for sure. Yeah, mate, I appreciate it. Thanks very much for having me on. You're welcome, Grant. Thank you very much, mate. Have a have good day, mate. Don't wait too hard, man. You. <laughs> you too, mate. Cheers. See you later, mate. Take bye care. Bye-bye.